Meet me at the Chasen. I'm your host, Jonifer Fields. According to Candy Waterloo, in order to encourage interaction and foster conversations about the Remancipation Project, the first step is to resolve her relationship with the sculpture at its center. My name is Candy Waterloo and I'm head of education at the Chazen Museum of Art. So, what is remancipation? <laughs> That's a really big question uh, that I'm not really sure how to answer, but I will say that when the project started, um, I didn't really know what it was. I thought that um, we were going into it very literally, thinking about it as a monument, making a counter monument. But as I've watched the process unfold and think about it today, I really see it as a conversation um, or a tapestry of sorts. So I think about Stanford Biggers bringing in all of these other artists and collaborators and how each one of those is like a thread in a cloth that keeps getting richer and richer. So what's your involvement with the project? So my involvement is kind of interesting because two years ago, I brought Sanford and Mark Hines here for an exhibition he had here at the time. And it was during a dinner conversation that uh, the sculpture first came up informally. Um, since that time, my role has shifted to really be uh, a connector and a facilitator. So I'm somebody who helps organize schedule, but I also make sure that we're including people from the community who need to be included in the conversation, as well as campus partners. So I'm just making sure everybody gets to where they should be. What's your formal background? What was your training? So I have a background in studio art, and um, I was a double major in studio art and what was called women's studies at the time. And then I also have an MFA in sculpture. So then how does that translate into being a ringleader of such a major project. You know, <laughs> I think it kind of goes back to like high school. I was always like president of all these clubs. I was student body president. I've always just had this like this uh, this thing that I wanted to lead or be in charge or lead a charge or be important. And um, I think you know when I think about all my experiences organizing events back in the day, and then um, kind of my job experiences over the last several years. I just kind of landed in this position where I'm like the chief cat wrangler. And there, I was just looking, there are cats everywhere in this office. <laughs> there are a lot of cats. <laughs> I do love my cats. I'm a bit of a crazy cat lady, so to speak. There's nothing wrong with that. You're in good company. <laughs> so then you, you have this background in taking the lead and making sure everybody's doing what they need to do. But if I've learned anything from the, from the I keep saying remancipation, it should be remancipation, from the remancipation project, is that it's nebulous. It's an organic thing that grows by the second and changes by the minute. Yes, and that, um, that nebulousness and that organicness of it, I think is something that at the onset really scared us <laughs> and scared me at the museum as somebody who like needs structure and needs to know what's going on. But after I've watched like several really amazing generative um, experiences happen, I now understand that like that's part of the process and we're going to get to where we're going. It's just not going to be a straight path. One of the main things about the project is that it's the, the mass consortium and Sanford Biggers are responding to this sculpture. What would be your response to the Emancipation Group sculpture? Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've even thought about that, quite honestly. Um, 
it's hard to think of what my response would be seeing Sanford's response and <laughs> trying to do something better or more interesting. Um, I don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> Is it because you're so busy focusing, making sure that everything's taken care of that you haven't had time to consider that? Or has your opinion, other than getting people setting up events time and date, do you see that that's more where your strength is and let everybody else do that lifting? Where do you think that comes from? You know, I think that my, my relationship with the sculpture has really been about my relationship with the sculpture, not what would the sculpture look like if I had made it or if I was responding to it. And so I think that's where the divide comes in because I haven't spent any time thinking about what it should be, but I spent a lot of time thinking about the way it's been discussed how I ignored it for a long time, and like my responsibility um, as the person in charge of education with what is my responsibility and how we talk about this thing and share these conversations. So I think that's why it's hard for me to answer your previous question. So in your, in your responsibilities, how do you translate this into activity for school-age people? That is a great question. <laughs> that's a big, that's a, a big, big, heavy lift. It is a big, a big, heavy question. And, you know, over the years, it's a sculpture that historically has been used on school tours because it has Abraham Lincoln. And any child who goes through, like, the U.S., you know, school system knows who Abraham Lincoln is. Like, right? He's built up as this hero of some sorts. And so... Um, you know, over the years, one thing that I have observed is that the way the docents had been talking about the sculpture was really problematic. And I have to admit that when I first got here, I didn't look at that sculpture because it's a classical marble sculpture. I'm like, what does this mean to me? It means nothing to me. I have nothing to say about this until a parent sent me a letter. And basically the gist of the letter was I brought a group of multicultural children to the museum and the only images of people that looked like them you showed them were this example where they're being subjugated. And it was in that moment that I said, it was like a light bulb went off. And I thought, wow, I never really thought about it that way. And so I went and looked at the sculpture and I started paying more attention to the way docents were talking about it. I started having conversations with the way docents were talking about it. I started bringing in folks from the Multicultural Student Center to lead social justice and identity workshops. Um, I did everything I could to really look at it from the lens of you know, diversity, equity, and also stories. Whose story are we telling here? You know, what is this about? Is it Abraham Lincoln's story or is it Archer Alexander's? Did they even know his name was Archer Alexander? Who was Archer Alexander, right? So I think, you know, that was a long-winded way of saying, that, of saying that, you know, really the responsibility is about shifting the narrative um, to what we're not looking at or what, you know, what we can't see. Let's talk about those things. I think that's your response to it. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. When you put it that way, yeah. Because, I mean, it's easy. Like, for years, I would go up there, and I would make up stories about those people. And the way that I interacted it with, I would look at the world. I would get down next to Archer Alexander's face as close as I could without breaking any rules. And I would try to see what he would see in the gallery and what he would think about what he was looking at. And it wasn't good. 
Yeah. No, especially because for years what he was looking at was another really problematic marble sculpture of a white child dressed up as an Indian boy in quotes with a feather headdress. And so nowhere nowhere was he looking in that gallery where he was going to find freedom or or equality or, you know, space for himself because he's still surrounded by these images and people who are in positions of power. And who most likely made money trading in flesh, trading in the, in the slave trade. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that's the history of, you know, I think one thing with re-emancipation is it's forced us to confront that history and look at that history of those objects you know, which have been celebrated. They've hung in that gallery. Putting it in a gallery is a celebration in and of itself. It's saying this is important. There's some reason we want people to see this. But, you know, re-emancipation is really the first time we've talked about, well, well, who are these people? What was their role? And calling them what they are, you know. Um, ship, I don't know, shipping magnet is just another way of saying slave trader, right? So just call them what they are. And laugh at the fact that those portraits are designed to make them look better. <laughs> so what they really look like had to be frightening. Oh my gosh, especially the guy with the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a forehead, that's an eight head. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything you want to tell me that I didn't ask you, Candy? Um, I don't think so. Let's see. We've got your position. Oh, I know what I'll ask you. Candy, can you share with me what are some of the events or what are some of the educational tools? I can't think of what it's called. Activities. What are some of the activities you will be creating or you're thinking about creating for school-age people around this project? Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff down the pipeline. So one of the things I'm really excited about is, you know, when the exhibition opens is also the relaunching of our tour program. So it'll be the first time our new awesome museum guides will be giving tours. And, you know, every tour that comes through here will be required to see that exhibition, not because the school said so, but because I'm saying so. <laughs> but, you know, along those lines, um, there there's an opportunity in the exhibition for visitors to share their own voice. So there'll be a place in the back of the gallery where people of all ages can be part of the conversation. Um, and then we're going to do some, you know, community outreach um, and a family day. So we hope to host a family day where um, folks can come and make capes, which when you see the exhibition, that will make more sense to you, what I mean when I say capes. Um, I'm going to try to keep it interdisciplinary and incorporate music, dancing, um, all those good, all the other arts with capital A. You've been listening to Meet Me at the Chasen. Our guest, Candy Waterloo, is the head of education at UW-Madison's Chasen Museum of Art. Meet Me at the Chasen is a production of the Chasen Museum of Art on the campus of UW-Madison in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information about the museum, its collections, and exhibitions, visit chasen.wisc.edu. I'm your host, Jonathan Fields. Thank you for listening.